0: I mean, I mean,
1: I mean, I O H. Welcome to I'm In, the Institute of Hospitality's official I'm podcast in. sponsored by caterer.com and hosted I'm by me, in. Phil Street, FIH. Today we're talking about sustainability, and joining me to deep dive into this topic we have Nasim Talukdar, AIH, Leo Downer, MIH, I'm and Danny Peccarelli, FIH. As always, a massive thank you to all three of them for giving up their time and opinion on this important topic. So to learn if hospitality is winning at sustainability, let's get stuck in. IOH! Hello and welcome to the next episode of I'm In, the Institute of Hospitality's official podcast hosted by me, Phil Street, FIH, and that's a new thing, uh, which I'm very, very happy with. So thank you very much to everybody who supported me in that. Today, we have an absolute scorcher of a lineup for you. I'm once again joined by an all-star cast of three wonderful humans from within the IOH membership who are all once again very kindly giving up their time to chat to us today. So first up from within the fellowship, we have the legend that is Danny Peccarelli, MD of Exclusive Hotels. Welcome to the show, Danny. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. You're very, very welcome. Is, is Are you comfortable with legend?
2: Um, never comfortable with that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the the humility of a hotelier, not isn't it? Right more, there. more championship than the Premier League, I think. <laughs> not at all. How is um how's life in exclusive hotels at the moment? Life's good at the moment. Actually, we've we've um because of where we're located out in the country, we've had an absolutely cracking year. So we've had our best year ever. So I'm not I'm not complaining, but I'm also feeling a bit guilty because some of my colleagues in London or city centres haven't had quite the same experience
1: yeah sure I I, I suppose the one thing that I've learned through all of this process is that uh, it really does feel like it's brought us all a little bit closer together
2: absolutely absolutely
1: yeah and actually I'm fresh from a stay at Pennyhill Park last week we were there for my my wife's birthday and we had a, a a wonderful time so you're you're clearly doing something right Good, and thank you.
2: Where are you actually recording this from? Today? So, so I'm working from home today, which one of the joys of, uh, one of the positives of COVID. So I'm looking out over the lovely Surrey countryside. Excellent. Nice and inspirational for
1: lots and lots of wonderful content. No pressure. Great. Well, thank you. You're very welcome. And uh, next up from within the MIH uh, ranks, we have Leo Downer, who is very kindly stepped in at the, the last minute, and he's the co-founder of TLC Harmony. Leo, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. How are you today?
0: Oh, good, 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 in sunny Richmond, working from home as well.
1: Everybody's in sunny.
0: <laughs> I think it's Middlesex, Richmond.
1: Oh, is it? Okay, yeah. there we go. Oh, well, well it's I'm close laughing. enough, it's
0: close enough, it's just next door.
1: I'll edit that out. Don't worry. Um, uh, so just give us, a, 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 for those who don't know, uh, give us a, a kind of snapshot of what TLC Harmony do. Oh,
0: oh gosh, this is well, your elevator pitch moment, isn't it? It <laughs> is. Okay, so uh, TLC Harmony is, I mean, our, our focus is to reduce harm impacts um, to climate biodiversity and to culture and to people and to demonstrate that sustainability is good business. So there you go. So we're taking, we take a very economic approach to sustainability, and we say it is good for your business to do it, and we, we like to demonstrate that through your profitability.
1: Fantastic. Well, I mean, uh, you're, you're on the right subject today then. Um, we'll definitely we'll get onto all of those things, I'm sure, at some point in the, uh, the context of the call. Uh, but thank you very much for, for stepping in last minute as well. Oh, much pleasure. much obliged. Pleasure, pleasure. And finally, from within our associate members, we have Nazim Taludkar. Talukdar, even. Sorry. <laughs>
3: what, you get one job. <laughs> That's great. I mean, Nazim is fine. Don't worry about the surname. Nazim is fine. Very good. Very good. Um, yeah, you're you're the founder of Plastic Pollution Awareness and Actions Projects. Is that correct? That's right. That's a registered charity, um, kind of dealing with the food packaging and education and empowering, especially independent cuisine that kind of almost felt like left out or, or doesn't have the expertise to join the, the global fight. So that's where right. I come in, kind of come in. Fantastic. And as uh, do you am
1: i led to believe you've got a restaurant as well are you in that that business
3: i have a stake in various different parts of the hospital industry i don't personally own or or run a restaurant but i'm very well connected to the industry and i have other interests as well right okay
1: great stuff well no you're once again you're you're well you're all very very welcome and i much appreciate you guys giving up your time today I'll come back to you now Danny and actually if you could just before we get into today's headline topic if you could just give us a kind of brief overview as to why
2: you said I'm into the IOH uh, because it's a great industry body and you know, champions education learning and all all of that 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 encompasses fabulous yeah how long have you been a, a member <clears throat> It's
1: going to age me a bit probably 30 years you could have said over seven years. I'd okay. have let you away. Over seven, I'm
2: sure you won't edit this, yeah. but let's edit this
1: as over seven. <laughs> Fantastic! No, that's that's great. And um, Leo, I think you're you're a fairly new member. I, um, so, I
0: so yes, I think it's only been last oh, six months or yeah, something like that. Recent. I can't yeah. give a specific date.
1: Now yeah, why did you say I'm into the Institute of Hospitality?
0: Uh, well, it was a great way to access um colleagues uh, across the hospitality industry. Um there's joint learning or shared learning, so it seemed like a good idea.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, shared learning, I like that absolutely. That's one of the reasons I got involved as well. Uh, and finally Nazim, why did you say I'm into the Institute I'm going
3: to echo the same thing, but what i my I'm also quite a, quite a new member as well uh, what really interested me was was able to meet people that are almost like Danny and Leo. It's almost like a legends and what they do and how they do things and I think i o h is really good at showcasing that through their magazines and other online forums so I think having access to that it really helps me to have a lot more wider view into the industry into the hospitality sector, uh, which which often can be, you know, uh, misrepresented in various different conversations or shows.
1: Here, hear, yeah. I, we have to absolutely take control of our own message because um, we definitely can't rely on uh, mainstream media doing that for us.
3: Exactly, exactly and absolutely. And I just have a lot of insight into the industry as well as learning all the challenges and you know we are all in the same boat so we really have to kind of look after this industry and like everything else going so fast uh, my experience with the hospitality sector especially the food sector you know we're still quite behind in many other aspects and there are valid reasons for that and I think I like to really you know take an advantage of those connections and the community spirit and those conversations quite highly and we have to eat and food is Food is a blessing.
1: Yeah, here, here, yeah, (laughs) yeah, superb, great stuff. Well, thank you very much for that, guys, and um, uh, yeah, well, I think it's time we got on today's uh, headline topic, which is all about sustainability, something that I know is very close to all of your hearts. Um, So, my opening statement today is this: David Attenborough said, "No one will protect what they don't care about, and no one will care about what they have never experienced." So is hospitality winning at sustainability? And I'll open that to anybody who would like to come in and open
2: things up. Danny here, I, th- I think, I don't think we're winning, but we're starting to wake up to the fact that we have to win this.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And actually, it's a fairly recent occurrence, I believe, that that exclusive were awarded B Corp accreditation. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, so we... we um, uh, that there, there have been lots of benefits to COVID and we, we put COVID to good use in, in terms of, uh, cause we didn't have any guests coming through the doors for big, big chunks of times. So we uh, went through a two year accreditation process and right. we have become the first UK hotel group to be accredited B Corp. And uh, we got a sort of, yeah, 80.3. So I'm really just so chuffed with the team and, and, all, all of the hard work that's gone into getting that certification
1: yeah and I, I know that that sustainability is only one part of that but um but a major part nevertheless
2: yes I, I think I mean that there, there's five parts uh, governance workers community environment and customers but but they all interlink so sustainability is intertwined in all all of that your your customers the local community your suppliers are part of the community i'm sure we'll talk about that and also um the 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 mantra for b corp is that triple bottom line people planet profit
1: yeah absolutely well i mean i I suppose the, the, the the one it's amazing that you're you're kind of leading the way on this from a hotel perspective in the in the sense that you're the first uk company to do so but two, interesting because you're, you're dealing predominantly in the luxury environment is bringing all of these things together. I would imagine was actually a really, really interesting project.
2: Uh, the, the, the learning on the way uh, during the journey has just been incredible. And what's been interesting, because we're, I, I think, because we're luxury or top end of the market, that's actually luxury is being redefined and sustainability is a key part of luxury nowadays. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. And why shouldn't it be? At the end of the day, I actually uh, had a chat last year with a, a lady who had founded a, a company that was uh, creating reusable soap products. That they would take uh, leftover soaps from from hotels and then reimagine them, uh, if you like, into soaps that they could then donate to the homeless and to lots of other vulnerable uh, parts of the community and it's it's little moments like that where you think there is there's so much more that we can do with just a little bit of creativity and,
2: and thinking uh, uh, absolutely and and part of luxury is it's it's experiential and people want to know the story they want to know that there is a story behind everything so if you take your soap example if if we're giving that soap uh, then People understand the story, and that has more value than buying a bog-standard product in rubbish packaging off a off shelf somewhere.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Leo, I'll come to you. Um, what's your view? Because I, I suppose your company has a bit of a kind of snapshot view of things from the industry's perspective. Oh,
0: to, yes, yes, um, to some extent. I, th- I think, in terms of your questions, or like, are, are they, is hospitality winning? I think it's waking up, which is great, and it's starting the journey. And that's the, the like we said, the journey starts with the first step. So I think, in in many ways, there's the first step is the measuring part, because we like to think that to the sustainability. You measure, reduce, you mitigate, and you communicate. And I think lots of hospitality, uh, hotels, um, uh, and restaurants are starting to actually think about how do we sort of like assess the the harm we're doing to the climate or to biodiversity through the products we serve. So it's good, it's great to see the first step being taken. Um, but sometimes we get a bit distracted by a few things. We get distracted by our gas bills and electricity, and, and but we should scope one and scope two emissions. And um, we forget sometimes the biggest impacts, which is often maybe guest travel to the hotel, or or the embodied carbon, which is how was that hotel built in the first place. So I don't want to put a damper on anything, <laughs> but it's really about seventy to eighty percent of our our climate impacts are related to the guest travel, the building we're in, and. And but so I I'm glad we look at you know the toilet paper and the sort of like towels. But there is a journey to go on here, I think. Yeah. And but I don't I don't want to put it down for seriously because it's it's great at starting and I don't wanna say, look, now we have to do everything because let's start with the first, the basics, get the measurement in, get the reducing in, and start thinking about the impacts.
1: Yeah, I think that's the key thing. I, I think that the key as as you've both alluded to, it's actually it's it's about taking the first step. Mm-hmm. It's about you know going on this journey that will hopefully get you to a, a place of you know a, a massive improvement within this yeah, space. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but you've just at least got to start.
0: And there's of creativity involved in that as well. Yeah, uh,
1: absolutely. And I, I, you know I think it is amazing that uh, loads this has been written about so many times about how uh, lots of small victories make one large change um and i think the other key thing for me is with something like this because it can be uh, a polarizing topic depending on who you speak to it shouldn't be is that you know like any meaningful change you've got to figure out a way to keep everybody at the table there's no point in being you have to do this this is the way this is it this is the only thing that you can do blah 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 because you just alienate people and then no change happens, or not enough change happens in enough places.
0: I agree, I think so, it's so important to actually bring, I think a lot of times with sustainability, I think people feel they're being harangued. You know, have to do this, you know, don't eat this, and do that. And, and it's really important to actually take the customer with you, because actually you know, at the end of the day, that's the most important person. And I think sort of like hospitality has the advantage, but a lot of the customers want to be part of the journey with you, so they want to be informed, and I want to say, and want to be sort of know how they can help. So that's that's another topic, and I might um, go on that later.
1: Yeah. No, that's great. Uh, over to you, Nazim. Um, what's your your thoughts in, in terms of what you've seen from is hospitality winning at sustainability?
3: Uh, I'm gonna go more to, uh, more in the point of restaurants and takeaway and the food sector because that's where where, where my work is. Yeah, in absolutely. In place. Um, th- we are not winning. We are not winning for many reasons. Some reasons are beyond our control. Especially the last two years, as you may understand, the, the, hospi- uh, the restaurant sector has changed quite a lot. Our delivery has gone up by 65%, some places even 85%. So that means you have a lot of packaging that goes out. On the one-way yeah. traffic to people, and people are becoming so lazy that when I did some pilot work for a restaurant, um, a takeaway, and they even want plastic knife and fork to be thrown into the package so they don't even have to wash or use their own dishes to just eat it from the package and just throw it into the bin. So we have a lot of work to do, and and raising that awareness of that fast food uh, audiences, fast food people is is, is a massive big challenge. It's challenging for small independent businesses because obviously they have a very small room to make sustainable changes and any alternatives to plastic is still very expensive. Um, I recently did some uh, work with a kebab shop and using uh, a re- re- uh, recycled paper as instead of a foam box it's cost them almost six times more expensive than a, uh, than a very cheap foam box and it d- still has a problem with you know, with the, with the temperature, with, with uh, sucking out all the moist and still a funny smell. So I think for us in terms of the food industry, the fast food industry, there's a lot of, lot of challenges, uh, a lot of, lot of things that we need to understand. We need to work with the industry to find a better way and also raising not the awareness of the people that are selling the food, but also the people that buys them food and, and yeah. orders them. I think they, they need to take a little bit of more Responsibility if they want the industry to change and become more sustainable. Sorry, I don't a lot of, um, lot of. No, not at all.
1: I think you've you've made lots of relevant points, and I think the key one in there is 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 around education. It, it, you know, it, if we're again to make constant and marginal change that leads to a, a bigger change, half the battle is is educating the the consumer into what that impact is. Is that if they're going to want to uh, a, a plastic knife and fork thrown in as well then that's obviously having an, an impact and that takes time as well uh, we're asking people to change habits basically
3: no, uh, absolutely absolutely right so what we as a pub uh, are, are planning to do or, or been doing for a year we hold small workshops called carrying conversation so the aim of the workshop is we have a very basic conversation, but we want to empower the attendees to uh, the ability to lead that change, ability to understand. And like you said, absolutely right. Education is probably the best key and the best way we can start making a grassroots level of changes that you know we desperately need. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm glad that IOH also taking this quite seriously and they have supported the charity and all the initiatives and spreading the message across, which always helps if it comes from top down as well. Yeah, absolutely. Danny, uh, coming back to you just on that education
1: piece, especially, I suppose, you probably always had it in your mind that you're looking to make Progressive change in your business to keep improving, to keep moving forward, etc. The education in terms of the having to educate your
2: workforce and what you want to achieve. How have you found that process? Um, we we have a, an internal tool. Uh, it, it's called Hubbub. It's it's actually um, beekeeper, so it's like a Slack or something. And we work very hard to to constantly educate educate people because I agree education is at the heart of it and, and also educate the point that, that, that uh, Naseem made about educating the customers. But we find by giving them choice, so in restaurants, you know, we're not, there's this new food term, climatarians. You know, we're, we're finding some people are making food choices out of uh, uh, sustainability so that, you know, they're drinking oat milk rather than real milk. But But what we try and do is on... On a menu, so we've introduced some hyper-local menus, and just by educating and saying, you know, we still serve beef, but this beef comes from a farm three miles away, and giving the customer that choice or having a, a more extended vegetarian or vegan section. We've got a restaurant at South Lodge Hotel called Botanica, and it's predominantly a, a, a vegetarian and vegan restaurant, but we we still have a buffet of beef on there but through the menu design and engineering we're educating people and in people it becomes part of the experience they'll try something they'll try vegan Caesar salad go do you know what that was absolutely fantastic so we're not forcing anybody but we're we're softly educating and giving a wider choice to make people or not make to enable people to make those choices that are better for the environment
1: yeah i mean i I remember my first ever hotel experience as a as a child and back then you used to you know get new towels every day and that's you know that's been something that's been changed for a number of years but that's just one element whereby
2: that's changed over time so but i also feel that we have to be careful because there's a lot of greenwashing going on and actually if i go and stay at uh, i won't name any major brands but where you get the card in the room and say and they say you know if you don't if you want your towels to be changed put them in a the bath otherwise they'll be used that that's almost done as a cost saving exercise it's not genuine uh, uh a, there's not a genuine sustainability story behind it yeah i, I think we have to be very careful as an industry to demonstrate that there's a genuineness behind it. And that's wider than one specific Eric, because we've all, you know, taken away plastic straws or look at our, uh, 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 uh towels, but the, there's so much more that we can be doing and should be doing. So I, th- I think you've got to broaden it. The, 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 the danger of greenwashing, I think does more harm than good.
1: Yeah. I mean, you could apply that to many, many parts of a business, couldn't you? Um, uh, It's one thing to pay lip service to, but actually, uh, as you guys were talking about, actually, before we turned the microphone on, you've got to have, uh, you know, a real positive action mentality to, to want to actually, you know, make this a positive change and not just something that everybody else is doing. So I'm going to just,
2: throw it in for the crack yeah can can, can I also just pick up on a point that Nassim made I I don't 100% agree that I I think one of the blockers to sustainability is this perception that it costs more money but it doesn't actually we found a by going down this route you generate more money but b you do save in the long term there might be Individual items that cost more because you're buying something that's recycled or is is a higher material cost because it isn't mass-produced plastic. But overall you save and the financial benefits of going down the sustainability route is absolutely huge. So I don't think you can look at it and say that one-off item cost me more. Because in the round, you will your business will benefit by going down this route.
3: Uh, sorry, yeah, and I, I like to absolutely agree with Danny. The, it, it is he's absolutely right. In the long term, the businesses can save and can improve on that. But for a small independent business and takeaway, they always look at the small things to begin with. So again, educating them and giving them the bigger picture where they can be part of it is part of the role that I'm you know, i playing at the moment. So it is quite insightful in that sense. And again, just to touch on what Johnny said about greenwash, that's another huge blocker for, for a lot of the businesses, because when they talk about compostable, industrial compostable, biodegradable, and then all sorts of different kind of word they use, and they really confuse a lot of people out. Even I was, you know, was really mazed out the uh, different kind of elements you get. And then sometimes even if you get compostable items, they are not. There is no process or system within Bristol or around Bristol, or industrial, you know, uh, foundation to be able to process that in a in an industrial format. So there are so many uh, green watches that also. Uh, Confuse people and, and, and sometimes it refrains for those changes to happen. Sorry to bud in. I I said, no, no,
0: it's yeah. it good you did because I mean, you're responding to, to Danny. Um, I think so that's actually was two there's two points. there. So one is the greenwashing. So, why greenwashing occurs is that people realize that um, sustainability narratives sell, um, you know, or improve the image of a company or product. So recognising that, you know, sustainability is a very influential message. Just imagine if you had a real authentic sustainability narrative and what that could do. So that's so I'm just saying greenwashing is an indication to say, actually, sustainability attracts the customer and makes the customer want to engage with your product or service. So that's why they do it. So if you have an authentic one, it's very, very powerful. I had to kind of slightly disagree with Danny in terms of that sustainability. sometimes. This
1: is what we like. We, we want, we want differences of opinions. Yes, that's, yes. that's also how we make change.
0: Um, good. Well, I'm going to come in there and say it. Um, <laughs> in that sometimes sustainability has been and can be seen as for the rich. And I say, I say that because things like organic carrots, um, Things like you know organic vegetables, fruits, um, electric cars—they all came with a price premium. And So initially, suspended sustainability um, costs, but it's handy that because the be sort of like seventy percent of the climate impacts in the world are delivered by 10, the ten percent most wealthy in the world. So, these are the ones causing the most harm. So, they actually, they possibly could deliver a bit more cost to be sustainable. Um, and actually, we find the rich and the wealthy are leading the sustainability drive. And this is why we kind of like, you know, and it's good they are because they're causing the most harm. So, we are actually kind of focusing on them and using often sort of like high end products to lead the charge towards sustainability. And just like organic carrots and organic foods, you'll find as the take up occurs, the prices drop. So initially, sustainability can cost. Initially, I think these sort of like, people who can afford to be sustainable should actually, say, pay a sustainability premium. We call it a planet charge or something, like a little planet tip. Add it onto the bill, you're saving the planet. Great. We win. The customer wins and the planet wins. But as that happens and occurs, then sustain- the price of sustainability drops. And then it sort of out to so about Joan Jane blogs who are very price-sensitive, Will actually start paying the sustainability premium, and and that's one of the reasons why we say sort of like uh, sustainability is good for business because often you can, and I hate to actually sort of say it, but it's true you can stick a price premium on a sustainable, an authentic sustainable good. Okay, so what did you reckon on that, Danny? <laughs> uh,
2: so, I I agree, but I disagree because I think you know if we're talking about food or hyper local, yes. I agree, but in the wider context, I'm I'm a bit of a circular economy nerd, and and if if you if if you look that the five R's are refuse that costs nothing, reduce that saves you money, reuse that saves you money, repurpose that saves you money, recycle obviously i i agree with nasim on the you know the recycling in in this country isn't the system isn't fit for purpose it's it's, it's pointless almost
0: well we won't say it's pointless but yeah it's not good it's
2: not it's not good and and you know that goes back to vegware, single stream all of that but but actually so i agree with you leon on 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 food on drink you know if you're buying organic or truly sustainable that does have a Price increase, but in terms of philosophy as a business, you are being, if you are truly engaging in a circular economy, which is a key tenant of sustainability. If you refuse, reduce, reuse, repurpose, then you are actually saving money and you're doing better by the environment because you're buying less stuff.
0: Yeah. And it sounds, again, it's sort of like I'm not. I haven't been in this, this long. I come in this on a, an economic modeling position. Just, it sounds a bit hair shirt. <laughs> I mean, I have to say, so often we're attracting a luxury clientele or, or wanting people to have a good time. And yeah. so I, th- I think, I mean, yes, you can have within that sort of context of reuse, refuse. But I think some customers, you know, they don't want to take a vegetarian route. They want to sort of like say, you know, have an enormous steak. I know I'm guilty of that occasionally. Um... <laughs> But if I just so if I just well, I have dropped my 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 meat consumption, especially the my beef consumption. But I'm happy for that restaurant to say turn around and say, do you know what? Because of the climate impacts you've had, you need to offset that by an extra quid on the bill.
2: But 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 we don't. So we, if you take the 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 restaurant I was talking about at South too. Lodge, you take a, 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 another example because everyone talks about food, but actually. Drink and the transportation of yes, exactly. liquid is is huge. On on you were talking about scope three earlier, so we made a, a couple of decisions very early on. Not only as a food hyper local where possible, but also we have um, at South Lodge we're planting our own vineyard. We work with uh, Ridgeview, but all of our drinks where possible are hyper local. And if on top of that our wine list we only have mediterranean wine so we're still giving the customers choice but i know i'm not getting a chilean uh malbec being sent thousands of miles so i'm reducing the, the 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 miles behind that by having more british wines more french wines on our menu so i think there are ways of doing it without the the hair shirt because it isn't i agree it's not about having a hair shirt it's about frameworking it's back to that choice word and frameworking it in a different way that the customer's loving the story feeling like they've got choice but but the decisions you've made behind that menu behind that bedroom construction behind whatever you're doing is reducing the impact that you're having
0: can I just pop in with a sort of like um, just a counterpoint? I think reducing air miles and travel miles is, is brilliant and what, what has to be done. But when you do that, you may be harming economies who may be desperate for that money. So yes, be local. Yes, wherever you can. But because you're not, say, in sort of like buying that wine from Argentina, which is all the way up across the world, that could be an impact to the Argentinian economy. So I think we had to have a kind of quite a broad and rounded approach when we're making decisions and saying, Yes, I, you know what, if I focus on climate alone, then it's it's having an impact and a good impact. But if I think about, you know, the impacts to people in countries other than my own, um, that may it may not be such a good impact.
1: It's a it's a good point. I mean, you know, the uh I suppose the key thing is is that then that's up to that economy who's creating those things to go find their new local marketplaces like you know if, if if their wine consumption in the UK goes down 25% just for for easy maths they've got to go and f- figure out how they go and replace that with I suppose taking a tough decision of right where where can we do that more locally why do we you know we look to the US market which is just up up the road uh, as it were but it's probably just not that simple and straightforward, I suppose. Um, but I, I think at the end of the day, that's also then you could say very much consumer led, because in the case of uh, Danny's restaurant, as an example, producing a, a, a hyper-local restaurant, oh, yeah, um, so. then, fine. you know, it, it, if that's the way that he is effectively the, con- the consumer of whoever is developing the wine, then that business has to adjust to change in consumer trends.
0: Grid. and it's a great narrative as well i mean i must admit if i go to a restaurant and they say you know it's the, it's the local farm for the produce i mean yeah there's an added sort of like um, impact for that so i, I can well understand why it's and that is an authentic sustainability narrative and it sells
1: yeah absolutely um thanks very much for that guys it turned into a little bit of a, a question time episode there, um, Nazim. I'm going to come back to you. I'm conscious that um, that you didn't really have your say in that. Is there anything that you would like to add within that um, that little section?
3: No, no, absolutely. I, I agree with with everything that has uh, spoken and said. And obviously, food industry is always a little bit sensitive, and especially it's gone more sensitive since uh, during the pandemic. So avoiding cross contamination, avoiding you know clean keeping in cleans, unfortunately, plastic is still the best product we have available, so it's still dominating that sector in that sense, so we have to think about all other emotional connection as well, so yeah yeah I think yeah i actually maybe we'll
1: just move straight on to packaging actually, because I seem to remember reading some something somewhere that said when it comes to plastic that that something like 80% of all plastics are completely recyclable. It might even be higher than that. So it's not actually a case of that plastic's the actual problem. It's we're failing to redistribute that or failing to do something that's, that has a better use uh, or can be you know, repurposed. Is that fair or have I got my facts completely wrong?
3: Uh, so single-use plastic, the term I used when we use plastic once, Unfortunately, 40% of the plastic they are made, the purpose are made for single use plastic. So they don't have enough, I guess, uh, uh, enough lifeline to reuse it. But you're absolutely right. Everything should be recyclable. But like uh, Danny said previously, the recycling facility is not there. And if you don't recycle it properly, then the problem is you cross contaminate the rest of the recycling material. So everything ends up in the landfill. So we have to be quite careful in terms of how recycling works and how we can actually make the better use of it unfortunately not most of the people that I work with or the businesses are doing it are not aware of or have a clear understanding or guidance on this
1: yeah so is that a, a, a failure of there's just not the the capability to do it or is it that it does exist out there but people just are not aware of it Um, Or is it a combination of lots of things?
3: I think it's the the messaging is always very confusing and 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 they keep changing. Even recycling system, they keep changing the way they want to do recycle. And I guess it's a bit of a trial and error as well for them to uh, to understand how this can be processed in a, in a commercial way when there's a massive recycling going on with number of items from different different parts uh, of the journey. So it must be very difficult. I'm not a technically expert on that field, unfortunately, so. Um, unless Danny and Leo can add anything on this, oh, I was, I, well, Neither or,
0: um, I'm not not in terms of um, well, as, as we said before. I mean, Danny and I were discussing, uh, or we were discussing earlier, but you know, it's a it's about our behaviours. It's about not recycling and not getting discarding properly, uh, but also about the actual recycling isn't properly fit for purpose within the UK. And that needs a massive increase because when you sort of, like you think you're recycling something, you put it in the recycling bag and it ends up in a landfill in Turkey. I mean that, that doesn't work out. <laughs> so there yeah. needs to be sort of like an authentic um, recycling approach where you know that when you do make the effort to recycle, but it actually is recycled. but there are issues with recycling sometimes you know it's, you can contaminate I mean this whole thing about microplastics and um, when you recycle some, there's a leakage into the product from recycled plastics. So it's, it's a complex story. So I think in terms of plastics in particular, it's a massive case for reduce, reduce, reduce. But don't eliminate because plastic packaging has its purposes. You know, it can keep food um, storage longer. Um, you know, if something's in a plastic bottle, you can't. The, the weight is much less than it was in a glass bottle. So there's, there's always calculations to do about when, when you use or what products you use for packaging, which I'm sure Nazim is very sort of like, you know, um, you know focused upon. But I, th- I think in terms of, I think plastics are, and it's good Nazim's here, because plastic, because a lot of the conversation is about carbon, 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 and plastics are where, is the real damage to plastic is biodiversity and, and the social impacts, and it's not the carbon impacts. Uh, so, for instance, we did a thing on sort of like plastic bottles. What's the harm a plastic bottle? Uh, we sort of like we financially model all our harms. And the biodiversity harm was 16p per bottle of, say, beverage. The carbon dioxide harm was like 0.006p. And the social impacts were about 20p. So it's, it's, it's good that we've had the focus on plastic and that, we, that enables us to step outside the carbon reduction approach all the time so
1: sorry, that was just on the side. I, I, yeah, no, yeah, it's a, a, a damn good point. Sorry, Danny, on you go.
2: No, no, I was just going to say I agree with what Leo said. It's really important to, to just reduce, 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 because uh, someone made the point earlier about also you, you change your supply. We work a lot with our suppliers, and you change you you change what they do. But a, if you're not purchasing it, they're having to come up with non-plastic alternatives but we did we've got a um, graduate management program within exclusive and they they one of the 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 groups has got a plastic reduction we're aiming for zero plastic and the first thing they've done is they've done an audit and it is just incredible what plastic you have in a business that you don't realize then you have a second conversation do i really need it and quite often you don't need it it's like we have you know the the uh, plastic wallets that you put paper in. Well, a why are we printing the paper off in the first place? B why are we putting it in plastic sleeves? So you just don't need it a lot of the time. And uh, we're working with Molten Brown on, on on toiletries. So we we now we were using recycled plastic for for 100 mil and 50 mil. Toiletries, but now we're putting them in the big hand pumps, and the amount of plastic we've reduced. But if you if you actually start off by auditing what you have, and then systematically going through it, thirty percent of the items you just don't need, so you don't allow anyone in the business to buy it. Another thirty percent, you can come up with a different solution, like our molten brown. And then the other, the the, the, the final 40% is the harder where you've got to see, is there an alternative? What can you do? But nine times out of 10, there is an alternative. We, we were looking at key cards for bedrooms. We've got plastic key cards. And we thought, well, actually, there is a paper alternative. And back to the earlier conversation, it's actually slightly more expensive than plastic, but it's paper. And now we've worked out that you can digitize it so we've moved from plastic to paper and now we're going to move from paper to digitization so that journey has eliminated plastic and now we'll eliminate paper
1: yeah and i suppose the key point there is as well is that you're you know you've got to persevere because the the solution to any given issue might not present itself with the first round of research or education that you're doing yeah
2: um, but, but and it's really it's really nuanced i mean to to, to leo's point we're we're uh, about carbon you know the the debate everybody's talking about carbon we're we're working with um, a company called the land app we've got 700 acres of land around all the hotels and i could sequester more carbon by sticking in 200 acres of popular trees or or douglas firs because they sequester more carbon but that's no good for biodiversity so all of these debates are hugely complicated even down to if you buy a plastic bottle you could argue the energy consumption is better than a glass bottle and leo's point about transportation they're hugely hugely complicated you've just got to keep nudging forward earlier point about educate, educate yourself and then keep making sure you're making better and better decisions.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That, that's great. I'm conscious of time, gentlemen, but um, I, I'd like to end on a, a positive note if we can. Have you seen any wonderful innovations out there that have yet to, to take off uh, or even ones that have that maybe people haven't uh, or are not aware about within how you produce uh, a su- sustainable business nazim do
3: you want to to kick off so we are doing some uh pilot projects in in, in especially for the takeaway industry we're trying to introduce uh Tap-Aware and tiffin system where they can actually you know uh can uh, drop off and pick up which will hopefully reduce some of the packaging and and there's a number of organizations are coming up with some brilliant ideas and i'm quite excited to do some you know do some testing in the next few weeks and months which i'm happy to share down the line but i think uh there, there are there are serious companies are investing in serious possibilities and i think this is probably a really good time for us to look back and think what things that we can actually implement and changes so i'm 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 pretty excited about that and and you know it is, it is the future becoming sustainable and uh, how small or how big you are you have to be part of the solution
1: yeah i, I mean i think that's the the thing right the, the, this is no Front and center on the agenda. It's not something that is just been talked about once and has been dropped down the list. This is, you know, this is in, in any kind of business who wants to make a positive change. This is going. This is not going away. Absolutely. Yeah, Leo. Have you seen any innovations out there?
0: Well, um, I tell you one. One of my colleagues, Marco Pierre White, named the celebrity chef, he's he's focusing on um, plant based menus now and all alternatives to meats. So that's really um, because you know it's all like right, you know, it's his foods are very rich, luxurious, full of meat products, and it's it's interesting seeing his shift. But I'm gonna plug one of ours, which is basically now we've realized that most of the carbon in relation to hotels, hospitality is actually on the build of the hotel, <laughs> uh, 50 to 60 percent, but it's in the embodied carbon. We've we've um, we've got a technologist in who's cutting the costs of the carbon in the build by Thirty percent on on the concrete and about over two thirds on the steel. So we're we'll, we we'll we're trying to we've shifted in the sense that let's 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 not sweat so much the small stuff. Let's go for the big hitters and the the biggest impacts and try and reduce um the carbon and the issues related to those.
1: Nice, I like that. Let's go for the big stuff. Here, here. Um and Danny, anything that you've seen uh, across the, the the last couple of years in your uh, you must have done a massive amount of research?
2: yeah, there's a huge huge amount of stuff I, I would say there's a lot of grants available uh, and whilst they're not innovative they uh, we work down at the manor House called Wiltshire hub and they 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 give you access to in in this case people who understand the technologies behind heating, um, uh, uh, cooking, all, all of that good stuff. So you can put in some really, relatively cheaply, because you're getting grants, great technology, innovative technology that's driving down your, your carbon footprint. I would say, in terms of innovation, talk to the guys on your team, because some of the best ideas have come from people in house who uh, we we had someone who introduced us to a company called olio which is they basically take leftover food from the hotels so we're signed up uh, across the piece with that they, they take your food and distribute it hyper locally to people in need but that's reducing food waste um, wonderful yeah and I would advocate people getting in touch with the Land App guys. If you've got a hotel with a lot of land, then the the mapping of your carbon sequestration and the biodiversity that you've got on your land is just incredible. What uh, what's out there and how all of all of the land has been mapped. Fantastic.
1: Yeah. Well, no, that's that's great. Lots and lots of points to, to stew upon there, gentlemen. And I really, really thank you for for all the points that you've raised today. I feel like this is a conversation that we could go on for the rest of the day about, but regrettably we're not we're not gonna do that. But yeah, all that remains for me to say is we, what, what have we really learned? I think that the the bottom line is is that hospitality is is not winning but it is waking up. I think that was Danny's point right at the beginning and I think it's a wonderful way to sum it up. Uh, The important things are to just take that first step, uh, be mindful of distractions, keep everyone at the table, educate people as much as you can and just continue to keep asking the right kind of questions uh, on this subject. It's not a subject that's going away. We're only going to learn more and again, it comes back to the point around stronger together. Let's share as much knowledge as we can to, to make the world a better place. Thank you once again, gents. I will let you on your merry way. I'm off to go and Google hair shirts, greenwashing, and climatarians.
0: Very <laughs> right, good. Thank you. Thank you much. Thank well, you.
3: Nice. Have a wonderful afternoon. Stay safe. Stay well, everyone. You too. Thank, Thank you. for having to, nice. to meet you guys. Cheers, guys. Bye-bye.
1: I'm in. Today's episode of I'm In was brought to you by Caterer.com and covered sustainability with Nasim Talukhtar, AIH, Leo Downer, MIH, and Danny Peccarelli FIH. Hosted by me, Phil Street, FIH. As always, branding and artwork by Sonia Cresswell, AIH, and music by Leon Williams, MIH. To say I'm in and feature on a future episode, contact phil.street at instituteofhospitality.org. And to find out more about the Institute of Hospitality or to join our hospitality family, please click the links in the show notes. Thanks so much for listening and join us next time where we'll be discussing social media.